Blog Talk Radio. about books and creating and writing and all kinds of fun stuff. Here's Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Welcome back to the show. Hey, Sherry. How are you doing today? I'm fine. It's a humid day. <laughs> um, I'm in... I'm in a different part of California than you, but I'm sure it's humid there, too. <laughs> it has been a little more humid than normal. Um, i got to say, I, I put little thermometers that have humidity readings all over the house one day because I, I like to know what temperature it is. I'm, I'm a little strange that way. And uh, normally we stay at about 35% humidity, and we're up to 40% today. So I, uh, I, I definitely feel that, that change in 5% makes a difference. Yeah, um, it it actually affects me um, physically. I don't like humidity. I mean, I would make it in Florida or New York during the summer because that I just wouldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I am from Central Texas, uh, Central South Texas, as you probably know, and in Austin in the summer, there are times when it's like ninety six percent humidity. Wow. And like 100 degrees outside, and you're just like, nope, I'm not going outside today at all. <laughs> when I was a kid, we lived in Ohio and New Jersey, and um, it was different when you're a child. The humidity doesn't affect you as badly as it does as an adult. Um, but I, if some days it felt like you were swimming through molasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have friends who are from the Houston area in Texas, and the Houston area is the probably the most humid place in Texas, and that's kind of how they describe living there, particularly in the summer. Um, you know, you can you can feel the air has weight, and it's a very strange feeling. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> Not for me. Much prefer Southern California. Yeah. Thirty percent humidity. Thirty-five percent humidity. No problem. No problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Southern California brat. I love I love watching like old shows that shows uh, Los Angeles, um, especially San Fernando Valley where I grew up back in the day. Because then you, oh, you go, oh, I remember that place. Oh, I remember that place. Because <laughs> they're all gone now. <laughs> I uh, I have only recently moved to Los Angeles. Uh, recently, five or six years ago, uh, so I certainly have not lived here my whole life, but it is funny, and uh, my husband laughs when this happens, we'll be watching a movie, and I'll be like, hey, I know that building, 
you know, and, and the movie will not be about Los Angeles, but just uh-huh. so many movies are filmed here. And so many songs now have a different meaning. Like, I know where Mulholland Drive is. Uh-huh. Um, you know? <laughs> and every once in a while, a new one will, you know, a, a new, an old song that I can reinterpret based on actually knowing where the places are pops up, and I'll be like, huh, I, I now understand all of those references. It's kind of fun. Yeah, like the Mama and Papa songs, you know, they're when they're like talking about uh, Los Angeles or California, you're like California dreaming and stuff like that. Yes. It's like, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. Well, I mean, they grew, they were living in uh, Topanga Canyon and, and Coenga pa- uh, Canyon, so it's like, geez, that's where I grew up. You know, it's not that far from where I lived in the valley. So everything they pointed out, in those songs, even though I was a little girl, I knew them. <laughs> and it's funny for me, coming in, you know, coming in from out of the state, you know, I've known those songs for years, and, you know, I thought they were great tunes, but they didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Now they do. And then I get here, and now they do. And I'm like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. But the funniest thing to me is something like, I was watching an old murder she wrote, and I remember my reaction the first time I saw it because I, I used to work, my first real job where I got a paycheck was working on the tour at Universal Studios. And this is one where Jessica is in Universal Studios and they go to the Psycho House and the Bates Motel and you could walk in them. And I laughed. They're both facades. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I, I was like, that's so stupid. <laughs> I should probably do, you know, I haven't done a lot of the studio tours, um, you know, for that sort of thing. And, of course, right now you can't, uh, or at least I don't think they're open again. But uh, it is very interesting seeing how those are done, um, you know, and seeing, you know, seeing what it looks like. Yeah, it. And it, it changes. Um, the basic, like, Universal tour uh, hasn't changed since I was a little girl. But there's a lot of stuff that's been there for years and years and years, like Lucille Ball's dressing room, which is a recreation and stuff like that. That's been there since I was a little girl. <laughs> but uh, Very cool. But there's stuff that's new there, too. I mean, it's like... And it's like when I was still acting and I would go to Universal years later for an audition and they say, okay, it's on stage 22 and I would drive and I'm going, oh my God, they've changed everything in the studio. It was like, I couldn't, I mean, I followed the directions luckily because if I just followed where I knew to go, I would have gotten lost because they they move stages. I just want to keep you on your toes. Yeah. I mean, that that, that must be it. I think so. <laughs> it's always so funny. Um, the other thing uh, is when you watch an old movie and it, or a TV show. Um, my brother and I were watching an old emergency episode, and it's like he they were in their their station is on Ventura Boulevard but they would go 
from Griffith Park up to Granada Hills over to Malibu, and I'm like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and my brother looked at me and he said, well, we didn't know that when we were little. <laughs> well, and, 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 you know, people living outside the Los Angeles or, or Southern California area wouldn't necessarily know that. Um, you know, so it makes perfect sense if yeah. you don't know the actual area. It's just like, uh, how many times have you seen a chase since you've lived in Los Angeles and you knew the freeway system, and they would start the chase in Malibu and end up in, like, someplace over in Saugus and be there in, like, ten seconds. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just impossible. <laughs> Even if there's no one on the freeway, it was impossible. Ah <laughs> oh, well, that is part of the beauty of uh, the beauty of film and television, making the impossible possible. Yeah, editing, wonderful editing. Yes. But but it's just it's always amusing. Or or also the other amusing thing also comes from when I was working at Universal. Um, I spent a lot of time at the two hotels at Universal, which was the Sheraton and the Hilton, and I knew those lobbies by heart. And it's amazing how they were in Australia, Russia, England, <laughs> the tropics. <laughs> those hotel lobbies. They just they just took the lobby and moved it to another country. <laughs> well, that is definitely the beauty of TV magic. Uh, <laughs> I love when uh, you know iconic buildings show up in the wrong city. Oh yeah. Um, you know, but well, I mean, again, if if you are not from the area, you wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, and how many places has the MCA building at Universal been? <laughs> I mean, it's been in every country in the world, basically. <laughs> no, but it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. It's, it's, it's really fun to go, like, or, or uh, when they drive up, and they do something on Ventura Boulevard, and it depends what era it is, and you can go... Oh, okay, this was in the 70s. Oh, this was in the 90s. I mean, if you know the area well enough, you just go, Oh, okay, this is in. This is, you know exactly when they're there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was So, uh, I, you know, I used to live in the North Hollywood area, and when I was out there, um, they were filming Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they Good filmed, movie. you know, part of it in, in the area near where I lived. And that was actually really, because I, mean, I haven't been on set, you know, this is not something that I've done at this point. And so it was actually fascinating for me watching how they transformed the entire street, mm-hmm. uh, you know, into a completely different era. And, I mean, obviously they were very thorough. Um, you know, cause if you've watched that movie, it's, it's a very fun, interesting movie. Um, but uh, my office building was right down the street, and so I could actually watch them doing all this filming and transforming the street uh, for the filming. And they were there for, I don't know, a couple days maybe. Um, you know, and all the buildings got new paint jobs, and, uh, you know, the, the coffee shop that I used to go to down there, um, 
you know, got a, a facelift on the interior because they used it for some filming. And it's, it's just interesting how all of that works and that it's not uncommon nope. in the Los Angeles area. Not at all. They do it all the time. They shot a Columbo on the street where I lived, which was always interesting because it was hard enough to find parking on that street. Now, to, now that they had restricted parking on top of the people, too many cars there already, made it really fun. Um, <laughs> but, but it was fun to watch them redo a couple of the houses for the Colombo shoot. It was just, yeah, it, I, I, you're, you're like, okay, that's a good deal. You get paid and you get your house redone. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that's a nice it is, deal. It's wild like, living out here watching that sometimes. Uh, double deal. I don't know if you've watched uh, The Rookie um, uh, with uh, Nathan Fillion, and they also filmed part of that near my uh, place that I used to live in in North Hollywood because Clown Liquor is down there, and so they use Clown Liquor in that show, uh, you know, every once in a while. And it's so funny for me to watch the show and be like, oh, wait, that's like, you know two blocks from where I used to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always fun. I love I love watching a show and, like, go plucking stuff out of it. It just it's, it's, you, it, it's just like um, you know when they're actually somewhere else. Like, uh, they're shooting in Hawaii, and you know they're shooting in Hawaii. You can see that they're shooting in Hawaii. Or when they're shooting, it's supposed to be in Hawaii, and they're actually in L.A. Um <laughs> That's not that's not Hawaii. That's Malibu. I recognize that. Um, <laughs> and the imagination of the studio decorating <laughs> Malibu Hills. <laughs> it's just really fun. Movie, movie magic is is fascinating to me. And the is. way they make it all happen. I mean. You know, it's it's uh, well, it's it's just fascinating. It is. I guess I could leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's really fascinating. Um, how have you guys been dealing with um, basically lockdown? I mean, we've been they they pull back, they push forward, they pull back again, they push forward. Um, it's been a really strange year and a half. I 100% agree. It's been a very strange year and a half. Um, I, you know, I've, I'm fortunate in that um, I work from home. I worked from home before the pandemic. Uh, my husband works from home. So, you know, we've been really fortunate in that regard. But I have to say, you know, I the routine has changed. Uh, I leave the house at most once a week to get groceries. And... You know, we've been doing that now for, as you say, for a year, a little bit over a year at this point. And at the beginning, you know, back when you you couldn't buy toilet paper and food stores were sold out of food because people were, you know, legitimately afraid Uh that there was going to be shortages, I would probably go to the store once every three weeks, you know, at that point in time. Um, And so it's been different. Um... You know, the fantastic thing is that I've, I've uh, I don't know if you know, but I got married. Yes, I do. Pandemic. 
Yeah. Very happy about that. Congratulations to uh, oh. two people I really like. Someday I'm going to actually miss meet you in person, Jessica. <laughs> we will have to make that happen. I mean, at some point. Uh, you know, we've certainly talked on the phone quite a bit and, uh, and for the show, but we will have to actually meet in person one of these days. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, I, I got married during the pandemic. That was really interesting. Uh, I mean, getting married was fantastic. Um, but the actual process of getting married during the pandemic was interesting. Um, you know, we, we ended up having to – so if you need to get a license – Normally, you have to go down to... The registrar's uh, office. Exactly. And so, you know, I called to find out, and all of the ones in Los Angeles were closed except for, like, one. And they were like, well, yes, you have to come down and pick it up in person. However, you can't. You have to make an appointment to do that. We don't have any appointments this month. We don't have any appointments next month. The next time we're going to have an appointment is four months from now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, so th- it was very interesting, and um, that's when we found out that also there are places in Los Angeles where um, they sort of outsource that process of getting your, your marriage certificate and your marriage license, um, and so you can go to one of those, and they'll take you with 24 hours notice. But the people at the courthouse didn't tell us that. We had to find it via Google. So <laughs> I got married during the pandemic. Uh, very happily living together. Thankfully, as I said, we both work from home. Um, and uh, my um, work that I do uh, for the company I work for, I was already working from home because they moved their headquarters from Los Angeles out to Atlanta several years ago, but they wanted to keep me with the company, so they gave me that option. Um, so on the whole, we've been doing pretty well. It's been interesting. We've certainly watched a lot more Zoom concerts and gone and attended a couple of Zoom uh, theater experiences, and um, I think the Zoom comedy shows were my favorite, where you get live comedy from, you know, well-known comedians, but it's, you know, all through Zoom. You watch it on your TV, and they'll talk with people in the audience, and, um, you know, you can sit and have dinner uh, while you watch a comedian perform. Yeah. That's, and in the comfort, in a comfortable chair in your own home, you can get up and go to the bathroom and whatever you have to do. <laughs> you don't have to worry. Exactly. <laughs> you have uh, to go, excuse so me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> uh, so from, from, you know, on, on the one hand, there are positives. On the other hand, uh, I do feel like I've been locked in my house for a year or better now. Um, and I am ready to be out of the house again. I will say being locked in my house, I feel, has impacted my, my creativity, and I have not, I've had a much harder time uh, writing and, you know, getting those creative juices flowing while, you know, we're all sort of dealing this with this very weird collective trauma uh, of global pandemic plus weird political situation, um, you know, that has been the past year. It is it is strange, isn't it? Um, I know. i actually been really busy with um, my shows and stuff like that, but my actual writing kind of took a hit. I did, I did something I've never done before. I just took a week off from all of social media. 
I mean everything, even my email, for a whole week just to wow. focus on my writing and my books because I have two books I really, really wanted to get out. And I that's what I did. I focused on those two books. I have a little bit more work to do on them, but basically they're both done and ready to go to editing, and which is not me, thank God, because um, <laughs> I'm not an editor. Um, but it, it was the only way I could think of to actually do it because I like social media. I enjoy it. I like interacting with people on the different Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. But, man, it can suck you in. It can suck you in so much that you just, you don't get as much you want, as you want to do done because you, you've been on Facebook for two hours and you didn't even realize you were on Facebook for two hours. It's, it's, it, it just sucks your time. That is absolutely true. Um, you know, I did, uh, I did release a book uh, earlier in 2020, right after the pandemic hit, um, The First Send, and I'm very proud of that book, and I'm very proud of how well it's done with everything, but since then, yeah, social media has definitely been, you know, I've sucked in, as you say, and I find also that I'm consuming a lot of other people's writing, mm -hmm. you know, so I'm... I'm uh, Jim Butcher is one of my favorite authors, and so I just tore through the Dresden Files in the first, you know, several months of the pandemic, and then, of course, he released two books last year, um, you know, and so read through all of those, and just really using the time to sort of really take in other people's work before I start on my own work, but it, it has been, yeah, my writing has definitely taken a hit in the past year. Um, I will say though, we got some possible, you know, fun things coming up in the in the future. Uh, you know, I'm working on releasing an anthology right now. Cool. And uh, we've got, I forget, nine or ten authors in that anthology. Still working on a title though, so I can't really give you a, a teaser on the title. Um, and then uh, Steve and I are talking about maybe we'll maybe perhaps do something together. That would be um, cool. We've got some ideas. Cool. So I'm I'm hopeful that that'll, uh, you know, we, we've got some ideas on it. You know, kicking around some some plot lines and stuff. So we'll see. Maybe maybe you'll see something from the two of us come out in the next year or so. That will be um, so great. Oh, I w I would love to see that. And you know what's uh, another a funny thing? Um, when I took that week off to work on my my two books. Because I was totally emerged in my own thoughts and my own writing, I came up with about four different ideas for my radio plays. I mean, I didn't, right. I didn't write them. I just wrote down the ideas and a, a few little dialogue stuff and stuff like that that popped into my head. But it was like being really immersed in your creativity, all your other creativity starts popping. It's just weird but cool <laughs> I may have to try that method because I will say that like my email is what is what gets me you know I get so many emails during the day and, and dealing with those I get very distracted and, and sort of sucked into them and if I could just turn off email mm -hmm. that's what I did too yeah. Then, yeah 
I mean, I warned people. I didn't just turn it off. I said, hey, I'm taking a week off. I'm going to be off from the 1st, and um, I'll be back on the 7th. So between the 1st and the 6th, I will not be answering your email. Da, 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 da. Here's, you know, I even sent you a note. I mean, I sent everybody a note. So it wasn't like I just disappeared. But, man, that week was great. <laughs> 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 well, I I have sincere hopes that I will be able to do that later on in the fall, um, and just disconnect from everything for you know a week, maybe longer than that. That would be cool. That'd be cool. Um, but yeah, right now I've been focusing, you know, because the creative stuff is is it's there, but it's not. You know, I'm I'm having a harder time working on. It. I've been focusing more on the business of. Uh, being an author and writing and the stuff you have to do. You know, have to keep your social media accounts updated and that sort of stuff. And then also redesigned my website recently. Oh, that's um, cool. That's a great thing. You know, it's, yeah, I went and looked at it. I had not redesigned it since 2014, so it was <gasps> definitely time. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I did uh, when I came back. I, up- I hadn't updated my website in, like, I don't know, about two months. And I go, I think I better update this. <laughs> I mean, oh. never mind redesigning. I just haven't updated. That's uh, redesigning. Wow, Jessica, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> well, I found with the updating, one of the things that I do is, um, and I, I shouldn't say I do it on a regular basis, but um, I do reviews for other authors uh, on my website. So I've got, you know, a blog up there where I'll, uh, you know, if I've got other authors that are releasing books, I'll review their books for them on my website. Um, and I would like to do more of that, but I also should start blogging on a more regular basis, too, uh, just to keep people up to date with my own stuff. But, yeah. yeah. It was definitely time for a full redesign, um, new press photos, new bio, new layout, everything. He could have said, hey, guys, I'm married, too. <laughs> Maybe maybe if uh, if we managed to get through, uh, not get through, but if we managed to do our honeymoon trip, which, of course, we did not do because of COVID, um, you know, I'll, I'll start posting photos from the honeymoon trip uh, when that happens. That'd be cool. Where are you thinking of going? Everywhere. Well, that's going to be a long trip. <laughs> well, I, I would say that every... Every vacation and every trip after your marriage should always be your honeymoon. Aww, that's sweet. I like that. <laughs> Except maybe the visit to my parents. We won't call that one a honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents used to take us on their vacations, and uh, they're, they're my mom's brothers and other relatives didn't really understand. They said, don't you guys like to go away on your own? And they, my mom would, and my dad would look at each other, we like our kids. <laughs> but, so I don't know about the honeymoon after we came along. <laughs> but, but they, they, but they have a nice long marriage. I know my, my sister and her husband, uh, they do a mixture. You know, they, they definitely take some trips that are for the two of them. Uh, they've got three kids. And uh, they also take, you know, a number of family vacations where they bring everybody along. 
Um, all of their kids are, I think, under the age of eight at this point. So uh, it's it's definitely a very bouncy, loud, fun time when all of them are visiting. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but that's fine. That's fun. I I and I and also I think one of the things that's so broadening uh is that when my parents took us on vacation to different places, especially when we went to different countries like Canada, we went to Toronto and and oh, Mexico cool. and stuff like that. Um I think because we went on those vacations, we we understood the world, even though we hadn't gone across the Atlantic or across the ocean anywhere, but mm-hmm. but we went to other countries. So I think it helps you broaden you as a, as an adult to have had those trips as a child. I don't know if that makes any sense, <laughs> or is it gibberish? <laughs> oh no, question. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, my when I was a kid, you know, I was living in South Texas, so we would go down to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Not frequently, because it was, you know, still six or eight hours, so it was not exactly close. Um, but, you know, we would go down into Mexico every once in a while. I still have not been to Canada, uh, which I will rectify that one of these days. But then I would say that, you know, in high school, I did a year abroad uh, for my senior year of high school, and that was one of the most... Um, influential growth experiences that I had, you know, that I've had, certainly up to that point, it was the most, um, you know, the most important growth experience that I had as a person, Mm -hmm. living overseas, dealing with different cultures, um, and in my case, you know, I was living in France, but I was also dealing with, you know, all of the other exchange students that were in the same group that I was who were from all over the world, so we had... um, you know, a very nice girl from uh, somewhere in Russia. We had, uh, there's a, a gal from Argentina that I still keep in touch with that was in that group. Um, you know, just, just all over the place, uh, people in this exchange group. And that really gave me a better appreciation for, you know, other cultures and living in other places. And then, you know, and then I went into Peace Corps after college. And similar type thing, you, you know, learning to deal with those different cultures really does broaden your your base of experiences and helps a lot, I think, in dealing with, you know, issues that you might face in the workplace or, uh, you know, just meeting and talking to new people, Um, you know, having a better appreciation for how their experiences may be different than yours. I think that's something that was really important. I think that might be why I studied archaeology when I went to university was because I love knowing different cultures. I love what makes people tick. I love exploring new worlds, um, and to me, it's part of, it's, it, it should be part of education, but if it isn't part of education, it should be part of your adulthood to go someplace that you've never been by yourself and see how you do thrown into the boiling water. Uh, I went to Europe by myself. I was older than you. I was in my 20s. But it was, I, at first I was scared out of my mind to be without my family, without my friends, without anybody. I was by myself. I did not go as a group or anything. But it's so good for you. 
I mean, I've never done Peace Corps. I, you have my admiration for doing that. <laughs> it was... Well, it's never what you expect it to be. It was very interesting. Um, and uh, I, I will say, you know, Peace Corps was a great experience, and it really helps you get to know your tolerances for things. And... Um, yeah, and it was a lot of fun. I was in a little t- a little country called Kyrgyzstan, uh, which is very tiny. I think it's got 10 million people in it, um, over near Kazakhstan, and it's a very different culture uh, over there. You know, it's it's um, it was fun. You know, it was it was definitely fun, but it definitely tells you where where you're okay traveling and where you're not okay traveling. You know, and are you willing to try food that doesn't look like food and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. That, that is something I learned myself that I'm not really that good at. Um, <laughs> uh, and, 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 and sometimes I learn that right here in the United States. Uh, have you ever been at, like, a, um, like a, at an office uh, buffet and everybody brings something in and there's something there you're like, that looks like bugs. <laughs> you don't have to be outside the country to experience that. Um, but it just, you know, but you don't want to hurt the person's feelings, so you don't really say anything, but you try your best not to take that particular thing. But it's not fair. I later learned that it was actually pretty good, I, and it wasn't a bug. Um <laughs> I think I would have wanted to know that it wasn't the bug first. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I actually, uh, she said, did you try mine? And I said, no. And she said, why? I go, um, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And she said, just tell me. And I told her. And she said, no, no, no. It's it's oyster. It's it's not a bug. I promise you. <laughs> so it was good. But, but I was, but it looked like a bug. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so honest if someone asks me I have to say very gently no I didn't and if they press me yeah I'll tell you <laughs> no and, and I mean that's not unreasonable either it's, um, I think I, I don't actually know if this is true though I have heard it to be true um, that you know, sushi is obviously not for everyone, right? No, not for me. Sorry. <laughs> Personally, I love sushi, but there are types of sushi that I'm like, eh, no, I don't want that one. But my understanding is, is, and again, I've not done a ton of research. This is just something that I heard from a friend who uh, has been to Japan, um, <laughs> that, you know, if you are trying stuff and you get to some sushi and you try it and you don't like it, then you just set it aside and that's okay and you move on with your day. That's why the servings are small. Right. Um, that's not the only reason they're small, obviously, but uh, that seems like a, a good way to do it. I, I I try to try things and be brave in terms of food, and then, you know, I've done fairly well in my life, but I still can't do raw oysters. I can't do it. Like, I'll do raw fish, but I can't do raw oysters. And that was another thing. Those oysters were cooked. That's why they look like bugs. Oh, interesting. <laughs> 
because it's browning. Then they, you, it's brown. It's part of making them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Well, there you go then. I yeah, I mean, that. I learned something. I mean, that's what I'm. What we're both trying to say: you have to be open to learning new things because that's what's going to help you broaden your horizons. Yes, exactly. So, and uh, no, but I would, I would always and have always encouraged, you know, everybody that I know that has kids, and you know, people in general, my friends that. Traveling outside the country is fantastic mm-hmm. uh, and broadening, you know, is a broadening experience. Uh, even traveling within the country, just to regions mm-hmm. that are not like the region you're from, yeah, uh, can also be very educational. You know, I I have traveled not all over the country, but, you know, I've lived in, in Texas and Massachusetts, now in California and Colorado, and all of them have very different cultures to them, but pardon me, the, you know, even even seeing and recognizing and experience that difference from traveling from, like, Texas up to the Northeast, you know, that's a, a very different type of culture, and, you know, even trips like that can be very broadening, you know, for, for people to experience, you know, things that are a little bit outside their comfort zone. It's, it's weird because... I was born in California for the first nine years of my life. I lived in California. And then we moved to Ohio. I can't tell you the culture shock of moving. It doesn't sound like it would be, but moving from California to Ohio, from the West to the Midwest, it was super culture shock. It was culture shock with the way... The attitudes about driving, um, the attitudes about uh, what people are like, what, where you go to worship, where you go to school, stuff like that. It was really just a complete, it was like going to another country. <laughs> I believe it. It was just very odd. I mean, I was only nine. So it's not like I was a mature woman. Uh, I was a little tiny tot, but it was just—it was—it was very shocking to my little system. <laughs> but you—you you were there, and then you adapted, and then uh, moved. Did you move from there back to Southern California, or, no, then or we elsewhere moved, in the world? We moved to New Jersey. New Jersey I was a, that would be another it, big shift. It was a big shift, but it wasn't because I had moved to Ohio, and we had, when we were in Ohio, we went to Toronto, we went to Washington, D.C., so I had, we, we had already traveled some, and so when I went to New Jersey, all I could think, okay, this is aging me, but when I was a little girl, my favorite show was a show called That Girl, and all I could think of was just a little ways away was New York. <laughs> That's awesome. That's what I focused on. The entire time we lived in New Jersey uh, was ways to get to New York. I was about, let's see, I was about 10 or 11. So I was older. I was a preteen. So I was like, all I could think of was, um, oh, good, the Brownie Troop's going to New York, or, or the Girl Scout Troop is going to New York, or we're going to go skiing in the Poconos, but then afterwards we're going to New York and then come home. I mean, my whole, 
off-school thing was how to get to New York. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and of course, my parents took us to New York too. But it was just, mm -hmm. it was just as many ways as I could. I mean. There was some really cool things about New Jersey. Um, Princeton University was very close to us. We saw that. Um, the beach in Atlantic City, the beach off the coast of, um, I forgot what the name of that beach strip is, but it, there's a beach strip in um, New Jersey. It's very popular. Um, even Grace Kelly went there with her family. But I can't think of it. And then, so we... There were some cool things about New Jersey, but my more fun was like we went to Rhode Island and Mass uh, and uh, Massachusetts because my mom was from raised in Rhode Island, so we went to visit our relatives in Rhode Island and we went to Massachusetts. That to me was much more fun than living in New Jersey. <laughs> my warped way of looking at it. And then after New Jersey, we came back home to California. And then I had imbibed all of those different regional accents. So when we moved back home, the kids at school asked me where I was from. And when I said here, because I, was, was, I went from the valley to the valley, I mean, uh, just a different part of the valley, but I'm still in the San Fernando <laughs> Valley. They're saying, no, you're not. You have an accent. And I realized later I had imbibed Ohio and New Jersey into my California accent and it was all mixed up. <laughs> yeah. I, I easily believe that. I know that, uh, you know, moving out of Texas, um, I, I naturally had a little bit of that southern drawl in me at the time. And now, you know, when I talk to coworkers, and I work, you know, the company that I work for, uh, is an international company and they have no idea where I'm from. You know, that I have I have managed to meld my accent into the, the middle America normal um, that is acceptable to everyone. Uh, <laughs> except when I get upset. And then I sound like I'm from Texas. That's like my dad. When my dad was upset, he was from Brooklyn. My God, the Brooklyn came out. He, you would ne when you talked to him when he was not upset. You would never know. There was not one syllable he spoke that was Brooklyn. But you get him angry, and all the Brooklyn boy came pouring out. <laughs> so, so all the Texas girl comes pouring out of you. <laughs> yep. It definitely happens, and then it's very startling to people, uh, which is uh, funny, honestly. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. Um, so we're getting to the point where, uh, do you have any books coming out? Um, well, I don't have any new books coming out yet. Uh, I will, as I mentioned earlier, working on an anthology right now, still, still trying to nail down what the title for that one is going to be. And hopefully that one will be out in the next, I don't know, three months or so. Um, you know, we're working on the title and cover art, but it's got some great stories in there. Uh, we've got artists from all over the United States that have contributed to that. And it doesn't, it's one of the interesting things about the anthology. Most authors, or most, most most people, when they put together an anthology, they do go with, like, a theme for the anthology. And this one is, there is not a theme. So you're going to 
going to get stories from all sorts of stories. There's some horror in there. There's some uh, time travel in there. There's some romance stories in there, uh, some science fiction, some fantasy, a little bit of everything. And so uh, it's going to be very fun, but that's also one reason why the title is being elusive at the moment. I think it's, I, uh, I kind of so like it like that. I kind of like a book like that. I like a, a book of short stories that's not all the same. I well, think then you will love this one. Cause I love that. It definitely is not all the same. <laughs> uh, we even have some holiday stories in there now that I think about it. Uh, there are there are two Christmas stories that are getting included. Um, but uh, that one should be coming out in the next couple months. And then, as I as I mentioned, Steve and I are considering, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll put something out together. Uh, but that one is in its infancy still, so uh, that one will be a while. And um, are you doing any virtual events for the book that came out last year? That that are still ha- anything that's happening or coming up, or any like I virtual conventions or anything like that? I don't have anything scheduled so far, uh, you know, with the convention schedule having been basically axed, you know, last year, um, I haven't gotten, I'm not confident enough yet that the conventions will be happening this year to actually start scheduling stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, Um, I understand completely. (laughs) I do. I had the busiest year scheduled for 2020, which of course all disappeared, so... This year, I'm just I'm not even worrying about it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where I am with that too. But I do anticipate, you know, starting in in 2022, you know, we'll be back up on the horse and and start doing uh, events again. Um, you know, and then every once in a while, I'll have a virtual event here and there. You know, best thing is to watch my Facebook page for that. Um, you know, or the blog on my website. Uh, website is jessicabronner.com. And uh, Facebook, you can find me under Jessica Bronner. But, uh, yeah, for the moment, don't have any live events scheduled and uh, virtual events as they pop up on the website. Okay. And do you have other social media that you're under that? So if somebody wants to say hi, they could? Ah, yes. Uh, my my social media handle for most places is uh, J.A. Bronner. Uh, so I have a Twitter and a Facebook and I have an Instagram. My Instagram is J.A. Bronner with an underscore uh, at the end of it. Somebody else got to J.A. Bronner first. <coughs> um, but, yes, you can find me definitely on Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, and then uh, my website, uh, as I mentioned, um, is also a good place for updates on what books are coming out and when. Great. Um, thank you, Jessica, for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you, Sherry, so much for having me on the show again. It was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. (laughs) 